It's the Instant Reacts Podcast. And once again, it's the Instant Reacts Podcast State Championship Edition talking about the Lena Winslow Panthers coming home with another state title. Mitch, this is their third state championship in the last three years. Now, one year we skipped in 2020, back-to-back-to-back state championships, their sixth overall since 2010. What a run. Mitch, you were able to watch the game, and I'll welcome you in first, Mitch. So how how about it? How about those Lee Wynn Panthers here? Yeah, uh, like you said, three in a row. Uh, First time that that's been done in over two decades when Carthage did it in 1A. Uh, that is five in nine years, right? And then six and 12, like you said. So yeah, j- just an unbelievable run for Lena Winslow. Um, th- the game, you know, kind of went the way that maybe we quietly thought it would. Um, obviously, we all predicted on the preview show that Lena Winslow would win. All predictions were pretty handily. Um, but, you know, CPC came ready to play today. I, I was really impressed with how they played. So it came down to line play, and that's where you saw the power that we kind of previewed with Lena Winslow. It wasn't so much experience, I don't think. I, like I said, CPC was ready to play. They had some good plays. They had that really long drive in the second quarter. But uh, I, I think in the end it was that power and the line of scrimmage uh, difference in play that really gave Lena Winslow a, a slow, methodical type of win long drives, lots of third down conversions, um, you know, 16 points in the first half, 14 in the second. So this was a great win, another great accomplishment for Lena Winslow. And uh, yeah, happy to have, uh, have you on again. And uh, obviously with Kyle with us too, to talk about this, uh, this great game. Well, I was just going to say, if we're talking NUIC football and we're talking the Lee Wynn Panthers, we bring in the man, Kyle Campmeyer, NUICfootball.com. Kyle, you were in Champaign for the game. You're still in Champaign taking in the Class 2A through 4A games the rest of the afternoon. Man, it's got to be fun. That, that's why you, you know, that's why you cover the schools you cover for a day like this. Yeah, this is definitely the reward to the season. Um, obviously, we got uh, a great game uh, with Lena Winslow getting home that state title. But, uh, you know, just for, for our end of the – work that we put in this is like the the icing on the cake that really brings it home for us and of course getting another state championship lena winslow's sixth state title uh the 26th or the 25th overall for a conference member of the nuic and the 22nd title won by an actual member during their time with the nuic the upstate illini or the old nwic as well and uh, and by the way, St. Teresa just scored a touchdown to take the lead in Tri-Valley right now. Well, I was just going to say, before, before you keep going, tell people where you're at. This is the Instant Reacts podcast, and we are, we are still on the scene here, Kyle. You're still there amongst it all. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still sitting here in the press box here at Memorial Stadium watching the Class 2A game right now. St. Teresa just went up 14-8 to with 10.05 to go in the third quarter, their first possession of the second half. So uh, Christian Harper just broke off a big run here to put the Bulldogs back in front. Obviously, they're our number one ranked team in our NUICfootball.com poll and have been from the beginning of the year. Tri-Valley started off our preseason poll ranked number two, finished at number nine, and here they are in the state championship game. What a, what, what a game this one's really drawn out to be right now, and uh, St. T just got the two-point conversion as well to go up 16 to eight now, so awesome, awesome. Kyle, Kyle, let's go through this game a little bit, and, uh, you know, tell me, tell 
me what you saw from Lee, Lena Winslow and uh, what you saw from Camp Point Central and your takeaways from this state title game. Well, when you take a look at Lena Winslow, you know, I've already seen a lot of people saying that they the, the game wasn't dominating. And, um, you know, Camp Point Central did a really good job defensively flowing to the ball, filling the gaps and playing assignment defense. And that's one of the things that we talked about over and over and over uh, uh preview in the game all week is that would be what they'd have to do and they were able to really slow down the Lena Winslow offense but they could never actually just stop the offense and um, Lena Winslow was able to just sit there and continue to grind out churn out yard after yard after yard they did have to punt twice in this game which has been relatively uncommon for the Panthers all season long but at the same token you know they were able to take control and just do what they do just at a more methodical slower pace than what we're used to seeing them do I mean they only broke off one play over 20 yards all day and that was a 32 yard run by Jake Seal early in the game and um, so I mean you got to give Central a lot of uh, credit they did a great job uh, playing defensively they just couldn't get much going on the offensive side of things yeah Mitch you watched a lot of this game too what uh, what were your takeaways what'd you see Two words, Gage Dunker. Um, <laughs> just what what a performance for for the junior. Uh, obviously, he's he's had experience in the state title game, not his first go around, but you know he he gets that first touchdown of the game, uh, possession right for that. Gets a really really nice interception where he dove in front of the the Camp Point Central receiver, and then finished that next drive with his second touchdown. So um, you know that set the pace early on, and obviously added his third touchdown later, but. Uh, certainly my player of the game um, individually as a team, I, I was really impressed with, with Lena Winslow's defense, you know, as we have been most of the year where in a lot of their games, obviously they've scored so many points that if they've allowed some, you know, that they are able to kind of survive that. Um, but they just never let camp point central uh, get into a groove. Um, somebody had to remind me here, their camp point central's running back. Is it, is it Gervenbach? Is that his last name? Gerenbach. Gerenbacher. Yeah, there you go. You know, all, all state selection and well-deserved. I don't think he had 50 yards rushing. He only had 20 and a half. Obviously, he added that touchdown late. But just, again, a credit to the Lena Wind defense for really shutting down a really, really vaunted um, attack for them. And we talked a lot about Campway Central's defense only allowing – uh, an average of five points a game. And, and kind of like I mentioned, and just as Kyle mentioned too, it was just, it wasn't a type of win that we've seen from Lena a lot, but it was just like a slow burn. It was just, again, long drives, uh, scores. They might've scored once a quarter or something like that. So, um, but again, individually, it was Gage Dunker everywhere. And then a, a great performance for this Lena Winslow defense. So Gage Dunker, only a junior, correct? So he's yep. back next year. Yep. And did I see, did I see on Twitter the other day, Kyle, is there a younger dunker still in the, still in the waiting here? Uh, yes. Yes, there is Uh little brother. Gannon dunker is an eighth grader right now. He's coming up. will be a freshman next year. And there's a lot of talk and speculation about him possibly uh, being on the varsity roster as, as a freshman. And uh, you know, right now, he is every bit the part. I mean, he is almost the same size as Gage, and he's only in eighth grade. So, and 
it's pretty impressive what he can do. You you cut out a little bit in there. What what did you say the plan was for him next year? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the the plan is, from what I hear, is for him to have the opportunity to be starting as a as a freshman on the varsity squad. So there's a lot of uh, hype around him this year, uh, or for next year. I mean, coming up, uh, he does a he does a lot already at the lower levels um, for the Panthers. And then on top of it, I mean, his size and speed is very similar to what Gage is already. So he, um, there's a lot of people talking that he's going to have a high possibility of starting next year. And there's a freshman running back right now that's actually faster than Jake Zeal that will most likely break the starting lineup as a sophomore next year. So um, Lena Wenzel is going to have a lot of power and a lot of speed coming back again for 2023. I think, I think we say it every year, you know, we say it every year about the good programs and it certainly rings true in Lena Winslow. There's never a rebuild. There's a reload. There's always, there's always young talent, you know, kids waiting for their turn. Right. And that's, that's the mark of a great program. And we're seeing it here in Lena Winslow, Kyle, with this, with this, with this third straight state championship, I was thinking about it. So I think if my math is correct, some the seniors in this class, like Jake Zeal, who competed as a freshman in 19, got a few snaps on special teams. Uh, he had never lost a postseason game in his high school career, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, that's well, amazing. That's... In, yeah, 15 and 0, 15 and 0 in postseason play. Yeah, because you take, you know, freshman year, his sophomore year was a COVID year. And then these last two, you know, back to back since then. So uh, remarkable, unbelievable. I don't know what other words to use to describe Lena Winslow. Kyle, we talked about it last year's team. Where does this team just this year, where does this team rank? Do you think, you know, kind of all time in, in the all time greats of uh, NUIC football? Well, I mean, this year's team just set the new record for the NUIC with 700 points in a season. Um, overall, throughout the course of history, you know, I would say that they would fall in the top 10. I don't think that they're top five. I think you got a good core of teams that are in that top five solidified. But, you know, anybody can make a case in point. The only thing is, is that while they did dominate most of the year, some of their some of their games didn't look as dominating as what other teams have had, but it, either way, um, you know, very solid team. Um, and I mean, there's, this is going to be an argument that will go on for years because <laughs> I think this was one of their best offensive and defensive lines that they've had in school history. And uh, you know, you just, time after time, they, they just get it done. And I mean, they were very focused all season long and they never lost that focus. And I think that was a huge factor as to how good they really were. That's what always impresses me is just they're, you know, they're so poised and so focused and they, they're not prone to make mistakes, right? They, I mean, they didn't turn the ball over hardly ever this season. And it just always seemed like every player was executing exactly what he was supposed to be doing at the exact right time. And that's a, uh, you know, a calling card of a great team, I guess, Kyle and Mitch, I'll, I'll ask you guys, maybe, maybe I'll start with Kyle. Where does this rank as far as, you know, dynasties are concerned? I mean, three in a row now, six since 2010, what they're doing is, is really 
you know, at, at least the 1A level. I don't, when we start looking at all time, big schools, small schools, everything in between, I don't know, where does this fit in? Honestly, I, I think you almost have to put Lena Winslow at probably the top of small school football as far as dynasties are concerned. I mean, six titles in 12 seasons, nobody else has done that. I mean, we talk about, you know, the Carthage teams in the mid-90s to, to late 90s and then early 2000s. I mean, that's really the closest thing that you have. They won in and Carthage won in 95, and then they had the three-peat from 1998 to 2000. And then they lost in three consecutive 2A state championships from 2002 to 2004. Um, had they won those three games instead of losing them, then that argument would be even tougher. But I mean, when you're talking about it, you know, this is the ultimate dynasty right now and it's still going strong. I mean, you take a look at um, what they got coming up, what we just discussed, and you take a look at their fresh soft roster. I mean, their fresh soft team just went nine and zero. And, and clocked every opponent that they had on schedule. And, of course, we're going to see Lena Winslow open up their schedule a little bit and uh, get a one-on-one -on -one or a, a home-versus-home over the next few years with St. Teresa. So that will be interesting to see how that transpires. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you look at 2023 and you start to break it down, Lena Winslow is going to come in as the odds-on favorite to – go for their fourth consecutive state title. And it's going to be hard to uh, argue against that point. Right, Mitch, you know, you've watched a lot of football in this area over the years. Is this the greatest run for a program in your lifetime? I mean, as far as, you know, Three Rivers and NUIC and in, in that area, it's, it's got to be up there, right? Yeah, yeah, certainly small school, I think so. Um, you know, going back to, to my years, you talk about Newman going on, on runs, but I don't think they ever went three in a row. So I, I think you do need to put this type of run in there with the, the Addison Driscoll runs, with the Rochester runs, with the Mount Carmel runs, whatever you might, you might have, have seen previously in any class uh, in, in terms of teams that have won three in a row or at least this many in this short amount of time span. Um, I don't know that it's so much of a, of a disrespect to the smaller schools, but they're just not included. So um, hopefully that's changing now. Obviously, three in a row is, is, is impressive at whatever class we're talking about here. But yeah, we, we, I haven't seen this type of dominance from a program in, in a long, long time. Uh, again, obviously growing up, we knew how, how good Carthage was. Um, and as, as mentioned, the Newman teams, but nobody did what Lena is currently doing. And like Kyle said, could potentially continue to do um, starting with next year. Well, that's what, when you start looking at, yeah, Rochester's a good comparison. And uh, obviously Addison Driscoll is kind of the, you know, they're the, they're the standard bearer. I believe Kyle or Mitch helped me out. Did they win seven in a row? Was that seven third? or eight? It was seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight in a row. Rochester yeah, won. It was, it was seven in a row. What's Rochester one in a row? I think it was four. They won. They they won five in a row. Five. Okay. Yep. So I, I think yeah. I think Lena Winslow certainly. You're talking one A football, but you know in the ranks of everybody. I think that they're you know they're right up there, and they don't have the the program history dating back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s like some other you know the Mount Carmel or some other schools when we're talking all time IHSA. But when you start looking at most recent. They, they are in there among the best of any program at any level. So 
it's it's amazing i love it it's so much fun to you know to kind of be able to follow along here as we have been for the last couple years kyle you're still sitting in the press box there enjoying your afternoon take us through you know paint the picture for our listeners here what's your day been like i saw you arrived in champagne last night so you were ready to get up and at them early this morning kind of take take us through the day here for you yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we did. We arrived in Champaign yesterday about four o'clock and me and Carrie came down to the campus to take a look at the State Farm Center and take some pics in front of Memorial Stadium and then uh, had a little nightcap at the hotel because there wasn't a lot of open here in Champaign <laughs> Thanksgiving. And uh, but it was still fun. Um, the day started at 530 this morning. Um, got up, went downstairs, had some breakfast, and then we headed over, picked up our tickets at the State Farm Center and uh, drove over the parking lot. So we entered the stadium right at eight o'clock this morning, did all of our pregame stuff. I think uh, myself and Logan went live right around 830 or just shortly after for our for our Facebook preview. And it was great because we were able to do it before all the stadium noise really picked up and we got it done before all the fans were allowed to come in. So it really uh, helped us out there. And um, overall, uh, right when we got done with that, I was able to, you know, really just kind of sit back and take in uh, the opening hour before kickoff and really just soak it all in down at field level. And I stayed down there right until, uh, kickoff. Um, that way we can get the all state pictures, uh, was able to walk across the field. Um, you know, just picking up a lot of stuff there. And then of course, you know, coming up in the press box to watch the game and then went back down on the field a little bit at halftime and then definitely got back down on the field with like six minutes left in the one, eight game. So I was able to capture that last Lena Winslow touchdown on video, which I have not put out there yet, but you know, last year we did a, uh, a behind the scenes kind of a documentary series of what it's like to be in our position to be able to bring the game. And we did the same thing here with uh, champagne because I just have a feeling that this might be the last time we see a state championship here. And just to show the differences of what it's like covering a game in a Mac school compared to a big 10 school and just the uh, impactful differences in size of the stadium and, and just the overall surroundings. I mean, it's just so surreal when you're down here in Champaign. I mean, you feel it when you're at NIU, but Champaign's just a whole nother animal when it comes to being able to have the access that you have. Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting that Coach Aaron mentioned in his interview uh, with us last week that, you know, going to the state school of Illinois, you know, going to the University of Illinois, it meant something a little different. You know, I think he felt it. And he says that his players kind of felt it too. There's something different about being, you know, on the turf in Champaign. And yeah, if it is the last year, it, you know, I'm glad they got to experience that. And, you know, glad you guys got to experience that as well going down there. You took some amazing photos last night. It was right around dusk and man, it looked really cool. The outside of the stadium looked great. So shout out to you or Carrie. I don't know who took the photos, but they look great. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Usually it is Carrie doing the pictures, but it definitely was all me last night. So um, <laughs> it was, it, it just, I, I was able to capture the right light at the right time. And it just, it was awesome. And Carrie even, I took one of the pictures and Carrie goes, Oh, Kai, that's an awesome picture. And um, yeah, it was fun. Very cool. Mitch, did you ever go to a game in Champaign? Did you cover, did you see state title games in Champaign? Yes, I went to Morrison's first state championship there. 
And then we went when Kyle helped me out in 05. Did Dakota beat Alito? Yes. Alito. Okay. So, yeah. So I was there. And I think BV played that year too. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've seen a couple of games there. They might have been in the same year. So, yeah, it is uh, like, like Kyle mentioned, it's a really special environment, as you know, too, Greg. But um, as a spectator, having seen games both at Memorial Stadium and at uh, Husky Stadium, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not a, a real real close comparison. So uh, if it is indeed the last time they play at Champaign, I hope it's not. But if they choose to uh, go to different venues, uh, it, it might not feel feel the same from a spectator standpoint or even a player standpoint. But again, that's uh, that's to be seen. Yep, it should be interesting. I'm not sure when that announcement's going to come down, but those bids have been up, I think, all year. So it's it's going to be announced, I uh, think, sometime. Who, between between who though? I mean, is it just Illinois State? Eastern Illinois. I mean, who else is in the running? I don't know if we ever really, I don't think we've gotten any like names of official bids that were put in. I think a lot of speculation was Illinois. I'm sure Champaign put their name back in. Um, I'm guessing Northern, you know, Northern Illinois has put their name in and the biggest speculation has been Illinois state. Um, I don't know. Kyle, do you know anything? Has anybody been talking about it today? What I do know is that Champaign did put their bid in to host to continue in every other year. So they put their bid in for 24, 26, and 28. Okay. Um, I do believe I did hear that ISU did put a bid in to host for consecutive years for all six years of the next contract. And I have not heard if NIU put a bid in or not. Yeah. I would imagine that they did. Yeah. Yeah, I would think. And those are probably the three most most likely landing points. I know – my familiarity with Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, it's a great stadium. It, it's, it's newer than anything else we've talked about, and it would be the perfect size. The problem is location. There's no way that you can, that you can at least if you're going to do it, it would only have to be small schools maybe, but even then, it's such a drive. I can't see that being a viable option so far away. And as of right now, I think you have to have turf. So that would put Evanston, Northwestern would be out of the loop. They're getting a stadium renovation in future years. Maybe that's a consideration for the bigger schools at some point down the road. But for right now, I would think it's going to be either Illinois every other year and they find another location or Illinois State all the time, uh, you know, and maybe NIU, depending on if they put their bid back in. But um, that'll be that could be an offseason podcast once we figure out where where we're going. So uh, I, I don't know anything else, boys, as we uh, as we wrap this one up. Yeah, St. Teresa just got a huge run by Elijah Wills here with 219 left in the third quarter to extend their lead over Tri-Valley 22 to 14 right now, getting ready to go for a two-point conversion. So, um, you know, St. Teresa's definitely benefited on the big plays where Tri-Valley's been able to control a lot of the clock, but uh, St. Teresa getting the lead here uh, and extending it as well. Yeah. Mitch, what else? What else you got as we as we wrap this one up? Did did we know that Lena Winslow and St. Teresa were going to do a home and home, or is that breaking news? I want to say, Kyle, we had discussed that maybe during the season. We we did discuss it. I'd seen where uh, Rick Aaron had posted it, um, probably around week five or six. I think um, there was okay. uh, talk about um, St. Teresa's new turf being laid down. And Rick had uh, posted on Twitter, can't wait to see 
you guys next year. And that's how I found out that they were doing a home and home series with St. T. That that's exciting. That's going to be great. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, other than that, no, uh, again, it was, it was a great game, a great morning, great football. Um, congrats to, to CPC on a great year. Most wins that they've had in school history in a season, I think it was. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was a great game and looking forward to watching uh, the rest of the games. Obviously, the St. Teresa game is, is close and we hope that for uh, the other six remaining games after that. So an exciting weekend uh, ahead and a great start here with Lena Winslow getting their three feet. Yeah. Hey, hey, Kyle, I saw that uh, Matt Shuckman was in in Champaign. Did you run into him today? You know, I did not see uh, Shuck today. I have not been able to uh, see him. I've ran into quite a few people a day, but unfortunately, Shuck was not one of them. So I don't know where he was at, but I haven't seen him up here in the press box, and I didn't see him down on field level. I did go in for the press conference for both CPC and Lena Winslow, and I didn't see him in there either unless I just overlooked him. But yeah. Well, I guess, Kyle, before we wrap up, you know, I was going to ask you earlier about the uh, post game, what you heard from, uh, I guess we'll start with uh, Lena Winslow. What, what did you hear from them in the post game and what were kind of the, you know, the storylines as, as, as the game played out, what they talked about? Well, a lot of the, a lot of what that was discussed was, you know, Lena Winslow, what we saw all year long was them able to just be able to bust off big play after big play. And, you know, the, the fact that uh, Camp Point Central was able to uh, really control that uh, very well um, today, uh, limiting what Lena Winslow could do as far as getting that big play off. And, um, you know, Coach Aaron had even stated that, uh, you know, they did a great job of filling the holes. The players like Dunker and Lobdell both said the same thing, you know, they would, they would find the hole and um, their linebackers were able to flow and fill the gap, which uh, did create some spacing issues and, and limited the ability to break free because of how fast they did fill those holes and, you know, as one of the things that we talked about that uh, um, CPC would have to do in order to really give a, an outstanding effort in this game to help control the Panthers uh, would be to play defensively, match that intensity. And, you know, I, I think that they put up the intensity level that they could. Obviously, if you take a look at the game, you know, Lee Wynn definitely dominated on the line, both offensively and defensively. But Camp Point did everything that they could within their power to really keep it as close as they could. I mean, I don't think it was ever a doubt that Lena Winslow would win this game. And, I mean, they did not do anything that really created a harm against themselves. Um, really, they were in control all game long. Um, but they did they did face a little bit of adversity, and they, they talked about that. And they are able to make some changes at halftime that really started to put the gears in motion in the second half because I mean outside of the first drive of the second half the rest of the time they they, they uh, held the ball and drove the field and scored and um, you know I mean their one touchdown drive was like a nine minute drive so and that thing was like 18 plays in nine minutes so they chewed up a lot of clock themselves and you could just tell that they're wearing CPC down. Well, Kyle, I'm hearing some, uh, you know, roar in the background. I'm hearing some reaction in the press box. It sounds like you got another exciting game in front of you right now. Yeah, I mean, this Tri-Valley St. Teresa game has definitely been everything 
as talked about. And, um, you know, Tri-Valley just uh, got hit with a – well, St. Teresa got a big hit on Tri-Valley, and now uh, Knox just completed a huge pass to give uh, Tri-Valley the ball at the St. Teresa 32-yard line. So, uh, yeah, a lot of excitement going on in this game, and it's it, it's definitely a true heavyweight bout here, and it's everything that you hoped it would be. Obviously, St. T was the favorite coming in, and, um, you know – Blake Reginald has been having a pretty good day for uh, Tri-Valley as the Vikings really have controlled the uh, time of possession in this one. Like I said, St. Teresa is really getting the benefit of the big plays, but Tri-Valley controlling the ball a lot. Yep. All right, well, Kyle, we'll, uh, we'll let you go and enjoy enjoy the rest of today's action in Champaign, you know, in the warm press box, which has got to be nice, although it's not too bad on the field either. Actually, it's a pretty nice day overall. I will say I saw you and Logan going live earlier on the field and I was jealous for two reasons, two, cause you were there and I wish I could have been there. And the other one was because it was a lot warmer today than it was last year. And we did that pregame show in DeKalb. So it's what I was uh, saying earlier today to uh, Ty Olson, who's here from Beardstown. I was talking to him. I'm like, man, it's the first time I've ever been on the, down on the field for state with just a t-shirt on so yeah because you know, that's that's all i'm wearing is a long sleeve t-shirt and i was able to do that today so it was really good yeah all right well kyle hey are you around uh next week maybe a monday night do the uh regular podcast with us yes all sir, right I he's, sure am. he's shaking his head he confirmed so mitch we'll have uh kyle on again we'll to everyone listening we'll record on monday night we'll post it bright and early on tuesday as you've been used to all season long and that'll be kind of the more deep dive into the game. We'll talk some numbers and, you know, continue to talk about the dynasty that is Lena Winslow. Mitch, you're going to be, uh, you know, on Twitter, kind of following along with the games, watching the games here as the evening goes on. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll have it on the rest of the night, obviously. Looking forward to uh, the rest of the, the games here. Obviously, the IC Catholic Williamsville game will be will be special. And then really looking forward to the nightcap with uh with providence and sacred heart griffin so uh, again an exciting friday uh it'll be a great saturday as well i do want to point out one thing greg that i am currently leading the UniView matchup one nothing um <laughs> as you took cpc in round one we, we both took uh, st Teresa here in, in 2a so uh no separators there but just wanted to clarify i am the leading at the moment all right we'll have to recap that amongst other things on uh on this week's podcast which will come out on tuesday morning so thank you kyle thank you mitch for being here thank you to everyone who listens who's listened to all year long um like i said this is our instant reacts podcast congrats again to the lena winslow panthers their third straight state championship we'll be breaking it all down this week along with the other classes and the results that come from champagne so thank you to everyone who listens and uh, we'll see you again on tuesday